0: Okay. Hi, welcome back. It's been a while. Um, this is the Who Am I podcast with Stephen and William. Um, today's topic is going to be a mixture of things, but mostly starting off with self-love and um, what ways we can improve, I guess, about um, loving ourselves and having self-esteem and how where the root maybe of lack of self-esteem comes from and how we can develop and change that. Um, I think that's kind of probably what we're going to be covering um, today, because um, I think we both, I think you can agree on this, William, is we both from a young age into early adults did not have good self-esteem. I think that's mm-hmm. probably fair to say. Um,
1: yeah, humility was always <laughs> given a, a high position.
0: Yes, but uh, it was a lie. It was a lie. It was false humility, um, Explain. in my opinion. So... <laughs> Modesty and humility, mm-hmm. depending on your definition and culture, mm-hmm. um, can be a way to basically make you timid and and weak. Like if you're not, if it's not the correct com- combination of humility again and confidence and self love. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think in British culture we have a very uh, over here we have a very much don't uh, um, make a fuss. Uh, don 't cause an issue, and that 's seen as being humble and modest mm-hmm. um that 's dangerous in my opinion now like as I've got older and realized that actually that turned you into into a doormat um you have to have that humility to know when to um oh hey, you know what it 's okay just um let things go, but you have to have that confidence and that self love to be able to stand up and go, no actually. I'm not going to just be quiet and um, humble. I guess. Um, mm. I guess it's what well, is proper humility. Then I guess it's probably a good way, place to start. So, so
1: you just described appeasement, right, or, or yeah. being a, a doormat as the yeah. the wrong kind of humility. Yeah. So so what's what's a positive type of humility? Because it's not all bad. Yeah, that's what
0: I'm trying, that's what I'm trying to think about. So, yeah, that's so a question I'm trying to ask as well. Um,
1: When, for example, when when you have mastered a skill or when you've overcome a huge hurdle, will you go out and show everyone that you're better than them because you've accomplished something that they haven't yet? Or will you just be with them at at their level and just be there when they're prepared to take the steps that you've taken and, and maybe they ask for your advice? And then will you be condescending? Or will you be encouraging?
0: I guess well, like we talked about before, it's not again, it's not um I can keep repeating it's like a parrot, but it's um it's uh not what you do, it's how you do it. So you can be good at something and be the best in the world. If you then tell everyone I'm the best in the world, you're all rubbish, you know, that's pride. That's uh, that's yeah. a lot that's um
1: Sounds like rappers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Um but then you get into the whole um fake it, you make it concept as well. You get into that, which is an interesting uh, concept to try and stay on track a little bit. Um, With, I guess, proper, uh, healthy humility is knowing the thing, but not needing to prove the thing. Yeah. Um, And um, again, it's flexibility in a way. Um,
1: Yeah, we talked uh, about flexibility offline. And you made this this interesting example of a dictator or you know psychopath. Um, they are confident in in what okay. they're doing. They believe in themselves. You know, otherwise they wouldn't have the the energy and the, the momentum to keep going. Um, but and and that shows you that confidence and you know sticking to one thing isn't always a good thing. You need to stay yeah. adaptable, flexible, and
0: it, being willing to accept when you're wrong maybe right. that's what humility is yeah. maybe, maybe that's a root of it, is being able to accept when you're, you're wrong, and be like, you know what hands up, that was my mistake um, but then you get then that goes to an extreme as well, where people take that like, they will um, always be happy, you're okay, not happy but like, take on the blame Mm-hmm. Just to be, again, to appease, to make it easier. So let's say um, you know in an arg- discussion, argument, whatever, and you know the situation isn't healthy, and you should probably speak up about it, but you don't. I guess it depends on the specific situation because actually it's probably sometimes right to not escalate the argument and actually be humble and just accept that situation. Other times going, hey, I, I am wrong. Actually being wrong is good. But saying you're wrong when you're not actually wrong, that's an interesting concept because are you damaging your own psyche and being by taking on a lie? Because if the other person is technically wrong, but you go, on, oh, okay, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm wrong, just to diffuse the situation, is that healthy?
1: It's um, <laughs> very tricky. So I, I've yeah. also thought about this um, responsibility Uh, many times before Uh, some people take on too much responsibility like you explained they they will take the blame for things that they actually didn't uh, cause and other people don't take on enough responsibility they they could do with more self-criticism or they feel entitled um, and always blame someone else and, and as long as people do it just quietly without telling someone else, I blame you, it, it's fine. It never, yeah. there's not so much conflict. Um, but when, when, just there, when you were trying to figure out the perceived responsibility and tech, what you call technical or actual responsibility. Yes. I don't yeah. think that there might not be such a thing. Um, yeah. There, there might not be objective justice. Uh, I, I'm not sure myself, I haven't thought it through this far, uh, but it certainly helps me whenever I uh, apply this parent trick, where when you watch two children uh, fight over something, you have a, a bigger picture. You, you know how insignificant the thing that they're fighting over actually is. And yes. so you, if, if they are open and wise enough, you can help them see that bigger picture and then they just won't care and think oh okay you can have it i don't care <laughs> but but when we are when when adults don't have that parent figure that they trust to have a good relationship with to to help them out in, in such situations you know we just keep fighting we 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 might go to court but yes. but but who who runs the courts other immature adults <laughs> yes <laughs> who are biased and <laughs>
0: have their own objectives and I think that as you were talking it came into my mind that actually it's probably just down to us and how we feel and what we're okay with because sometimes we think we're okay taking on that responsibility and then years down the line we're holding on to regret about it or um resent the situation that we had to be the one to take on the ownership of responsibility when actually it should have been shared responsibility maybe um But if we can process that as an individual and take it on board and it be healthy and go, you know what, then release that energy and be like, you know what, I've taken responsibility for that. That's fine. I'm okay with that. And then letting it go. That's probably again, part of actual humility, where actually we're able to then just let it go. If we then hold on to it again, that's essence of pride amongst what we think is humility because we're not letting go of, Oh, I'm always the one that has to, um, again take on the um, losing side of the argument or whatever the situation is Um, we can fall into that trap so easily Um, and I think that we were raised I think we were raised to at least I was to, and my personality is as well I guess again nature nurture um, is to do that is to actually just de-escalate conflict avoid conflict and therefore always just take the blame be like okay you know what my fault I'm sorry move on and I think I still do that but can I do it in a healthier way but I also now very much I'm happy to stand up and go no let's talk about this this doesn't feel right that you're blaming me for this or whatever for a process if the person still doesn't understand or doesn't want to understand or doesn't agree then at least you tried you know that you had that confidence and self-aware and self-esteem to uh fight for yourself fight for your beliefs fight for a situation maybe i don't know
1: yeah i think we have this naive notion of justice and we we want things to be set right Mm. um Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it i i love that that part of the christian gospel is to help us unlearn that and and realize that mercy is the way to go now that doesn't mean that you should just allow anything to happen um we should always attempt to do what is right and we have talked in another episode about uh criminal justice and that yeah. it has its merit to a certain degree even though it's, it's very imperfect so let's not go down that road again <laughs> but yeah there,
0: there, there's so many uh, things came to my mind about again <laughs> that, that i want that now I want to start talking about but then i don't know if we did it before or not but um, let's stick to the love stuff, because no, that's what we're supposed to Yeah, do. Yeah,
1: let, let me give you another example, um, a, a situation that I've been in many times. <clears throat> when someone does something wrong, let's say to me, like someone does something and I, and I feel pain because of it, then I want them to feel bad about it, probably in order for them to be motivated to no longer do it. And I'm not so aggressive that I will physically hurt them <laughs> to give them pain. I will usually try to use words. And there are words that that will, that are meant, you know, I, I say them in order for them, for that person to feel bad. But what is the only way for that person to feel bad? It's when they tell themselves something to punish themselves, right? Actually, it's yeah. impossible for me to cause someone to feel bad emotionally, mentally.
0: Yeah, they, they, they have to be the one to actually let it happen in their, in their, Themselves. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. They have to accept what I say and believe it and reinforce yeah. it internally. Um, but, but what are even the words? You know, I might not know this person that well. <laughs> um, if, if I do know some pain point, I might push there. But but usually I use words t- it, to try to hurt someone that I use to hurt myself all the time.
0: Yeah. And well, the root of that is, is you want connection because it, because you've now lost that connection that person because they've you know hurt you or whatever if they f- then feel a similar pain then they will then be able to have compassion and empathize with you and right. then their connection will be built like there'll be that connection and i guess that's probably one of the reasons why we had those responses is but it's not really um, healthy is it oh no, no. ideally um,
1: ideally or, uh,
0: ju- neither of us again yeah
1: yeah I- ideally neither of us would have any of these um, self uh, stories, like telling ourselves that we're bad, or, or these these beliefs that we're bad and worthless? Guilt
0: guilt is an issue. Like I have had levels of guilt for such silly little things to mm-hmm. the point of wanting to not exist. Mm-hmm. So like that's the level of you know guilt inside myself or whatever, and it's so toxic and healthy. And I think, again, I think a lot of Christian uh, societies have over the centuries, millennia, um, embedded in cultures, a feeling of guilt instead of confidence and trust. Like again, fear, anxiety, guilt are all linked Mm-hmm. trust, love, hope are linked. And it's like, which way, and faith, which way are you going to teach people? Are you going to teach them to fear or are you going to teach them to hope and have love? And it seems that for whatever reason, fear has been the preferred cho- or chosen way. Once I got rid of that side of things in my self, um, oh my goodness, again, that self-love, you know, we want to be the main sort of chat today is... It blossoms once you dampen that guilt. But because most people are good people deep down, like mm-hmm. we're we we only behave selfishly because we're just trying to fight to survive. Mm-hmm. Like in this world, we live in a, in a world where um, we've not learned to um, work together effectively. And through different cult, different systems, we separate ourselves, we're isolated in, 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 to a degree that we feel we have to do things ourselves and we have to work ourselves and that separates us from other people. Um, and therefore we don't know how to focus on again, the positive hope and love and faith and belief in ourselves, We're just too busy distracted by just trying to survive.
1: Right. Yeah. I wonder where that comes from. I, there was a time when you could just greet someone on the street and they would be happy that you did it. (laughs) And now they don't even want eye contact. Um, Or, or if you look at their child or so, they will get very protective. And I guess it comes from negative experience or the news of the possibility of something really bad happening is hyped up so much that you believe or, or just, just um, what's it called? Um, this extreme thinking, where just because this really terrible thing could happen, it doesn't matter how slightly, how small the percentage or the likelihood of that is, just the possibility of that, you know, that percentage being larger than 0% means that I must avoid that.
0: That's Uh, an interesting, difficult one here, because, you know, let's take theft or murder or something like that, Yeah, it happens a lot, we think, well, it does, I guess, but again, it stops us from making choices, even though the percentage is almost minimal. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we have to, we have to, again, it's risk management, isn't it? It's risk management and learning what's, every day we walk across roads that actually if if we're not paying attention, we can (laughs) be killed, Right. and that's okay, but we fear to go outside and walk through the high street because we might get stabbed. Like, it's it's a strange spectrum of some choices are okay to make and some aren't, even though, relatively speaking, they're the same choice. Um,
1: yeah, so th- this gets into uh, black and white thinking, what I was mentioning offline. Um, yeah. I've found in myself, in my uh, hidden covert beliefs inside of me, that there are some or that there are many situations that I avoid because of the, the potential bad that could come from them. Um, what's a good example? Yeah, when someone is overconfident, uh, when, when someone uh, puts too much stock on themselves and, and then mm, you know, does whatever serves them best at the cost of everyone else, then, then that, that example shows me confidence is a bad thing. Um, yeah. and my black and white thinking, which might come from, you know, protective child mechanisms and you know, protective thinking from childhood, um, where you're in survival mode.
0: Yeah. And it's easy. It's easy, it's easy to believe in absolutes. It's easier to mm-hmm. believe in the black and white because it's just an absolute. And therefore it feels concrete until you get older and realize that blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I'm getting that just now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh,
1: so the, the black and white thinking then is con- all confidence is bad and I must never come close to it or and then I I have apparently I have automatic mechanisms that will protect me from becoming confident by hurting myself and and not allowing myself to ever go near the situation where I might start to believe in myself and, and try to help others do what I did because it's I did a good thing and because I'm a good person in this respect and I want other people to get there too. And so this came up when, well, it's come up many times in my life, but most recent time was uh, when I was trying to put together a product to sell online. And the marketing for it has been a huge hurdle for me because it's necessary for me to believe in myself. I already believe in the product. I've I've tried it several years now, and I know uh, it can help others too. But I need to believe in myself, you know, at least I need to... Well, I do need to believe in myself. Otherwise, I cannot expect anyone else to believe in me. And they yeah. won't believe in the product unless they first believe in me. Yeah. So this has forced me to confront this uh, weakness again. It is it is possible to go through life without ever <laughs> working on this. It, it will probably cause you to have a miserable life. Um, but I, I think it's normal for everyone to just avoid uh, complexes like this until yeah. they can no longer avoid them.
0: I, I've I completely agree in the in the respect about avoiding the, seeing negative confident examples and therefore avoiding it. can um, we go? We all go through the process when we see something, we analyze, and we decide whether we want to adopt that mm-hmm. or reject that scenario. And so many confident people. Go from being self, I think go from being again self-aware and well not self-aware but like self-confident, um, to then being selfish. Yeah, like it, it's I, guess it, I think it's a dangerous path. I think it, there's a point where with self-confidence and self-love, and self-esteem, that you you almost have a crossroads where you can, you could go down the arrogance. I'm amazing. I've accomplished this. I'm incredible using that as a selfish mechanism and not a positive mechanism. So to get things for you and only you and everyone else is just pathetic and like not as good as you, because look what I've done and look at me. Then the other spectrum where it's actually, you know what I've got here? Yes, through my self-love and through my um, self-awareness, self-esteem. But now I can use this to show love, the love that I have for myself to others and help them find their self-love too. That's the difference, I think. That um, I don't think there's actually a massive amount of positive examples of that, at least in this country. I, <laughs> I've met a lot of people in my life, and they're either super, again, that false humility where they are loving good people, but struggled to have self-love and self-confidence because they are afraid or... And again, that's okay. That's again, I'm not. That's not a judgment. That's just an observation and how I am at times and have been. Um, and any example of of, of confidence and self awareness is people that have made money to, uh, by screwing over other people, or mm. selfish and vote for, or vote for things that are to help them out. And um, yeah, and that's and that's again black and whites because everyone does good and bad in little ways. but. The majority of things that I've seen those two separate groups do, Um, and therefore, with those two options, I would rather be the um, humble doormat Mm -hmm. than be the arrogant, confident, tramp walk over people kind of person. They do; they walk over people to get what they want. Um, And that's the examples that are shown most frequently in my society in the media too in the media as well yeah you very rarely see those self-confident people that actually are helping people because they're self-confident but they don't I guess they don't want to be seen about it that's probably what it is maybe they just don't want to show it as they need to maybe
1: yeah so let's let's talk so we've identified the problem let's talk about some ways how to get there Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's it seems like there's, there's this path that, that would be ideal, you know, balanced, yep. and that yep. we, we sway, or may, maybe this is the natural way to go about it, that we sway back and forth be, between being too humble and too yep.
0: confident. I think you're right. Yep. And
1: the, the goal is to, um, to sway less and less over time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah. so I guess when did you, a question I ask myself, but will ask you, is when did you first, I guess, realize you want to now start focusing on self-love and are you comfortable saying you love who you are as a person? Um, That's a very intense question. <laughs> it,
1: it, it's come up several times in my life uh, but the the time I can think of that was most intense where I recognized the need for self-love uh, was during and after my first relationship um because it turns out people cannot love each other unless they love themselves first
0: yeah <laughs> and it's it's such a true statement and it's it's used in a cliche way unfortunately now but it's it's so true and so important that yeah needing to be able to, look, be in, to be in a relationship you have to be grounded in your own set of mm. love
1: yeah, it's normal for, for two people to have different values, of course, and, and perspectives and ways that they've developed to deal with certain situations. Um, but then when they come together, it, it, <laughs> it, it becomes more complicated because <laughs> now you need to really uh, understand yourself, at least in, in areas that are pertinent for the, the harmony to work out. And, and I think that that's what forced me to, to go into this. And it was too big of a problem to, to be overcome in the the time, in the short time that you have for the relationship to survive. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it wasn't that, that strong, that deep. Uh, and since, as you can see that we're talking about this topic today because it's still relevant to me in my personal development, and so, I wonder what it would be like now if I attempted to build a relationship.
0: What ends up happening with relationships I've observed is um, one person will have a stronger level of self-confidence or love for themselves. Maybe not love, but I don't know. The other person will have less and the other person will just adopt the, other, the stronger person's way of doing things Mm -hmm. unless they say no this isn't going to work because again it becomes a dependency relationship right that's again toxic and bad whatever so unless you actually fully love yourself you're just going to fall into that other person's way of doing things and loving things, or the way they Again, it might not be love because again we're using that term a bit loosely Mm -hmm. um like their, their energy or their um belief system or philosophies um that you then just adopt because you haven't fully grounded yourself in your own again you being anyone um yeah your own values i guess and your own love for yourself well Um, i had
1: i had some kind of system going
0: yeah (laughs) i I can't say
1: i was happy or well-rounded but you know at at every time in our life we have fears and and avoid certain situations to stay in our comfort zone because we think that this is, this is kind of working. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's stay yeah. here for the foreseeable future. Um, but then sometimes painful situations will force you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, and if you can, uh, what's even better is when you choose to leave your comfort zone, when you voluntarily go into a painful place um, yeah. with the intent, not just to feel pain, but obviously with the intent of expanding yourself, of uh, working on yourself and becoming stronger in an area and and I think initially you need to be forced before you even yeah. understand that it's possible for things to be different and that it's worth going through the painful area.
0: Yeah. That's so spot on uh, again that's like, what I have seen happen is that you have to yeah you have to usually have to be forced first of all again something happens that push you into that painful area then you go for that pain and then you come out of it being like oh that Make sense i needed that to get away from that uh oh, i need to get out of my comfort zone and then you start to realize that actually you can do this yourself you can actually mm-hmm. go through a process of going actually this doesn't feel comfortable i'm not happy here let's consciously force myself and usually again into a more painful situation short term mm-hmm. which will then lead to a happier situation long term again I've talked about this before where we the problem is is that we tend to not think far enough in the in our spectrum of time or existence so we if anything that happens to us if it's easier we just adopt that which like, okay hey, that's easier to do that's, that's my comfort zone let's just stay in here let's just sit fixed to that um because that feels safe and good but again short term it ends up leading to long-term unhappiness and uh, trapped feelings and um we almost have to Again, go through that process, break out of it. And then that leads to that love side of things where you actually start realizing that you gain respect for yourself in a way. You gain a self-respect that you're like, actually, I'm not going to compromise these easy comfort zones just for, um, short, again, short-term safety. I actually want happiness. I want proper happiness. I don't mm-hmm. want just to get by. I don't want just to like um, have the okay scenario i want to be to be love to be a being of love a being of happiness and yeah going out of our comfort zones will lead to situations long term that will give us happiness um because you can then gain confidence from it you can then go wow i did that i took myself out and it's realizing no matter what consequence happens even if it ends up something happens your like circumstances get worse for example let's say whether Mm -hmm. it's financially or health again, short-term, and let's say that happens, um, we shouldn't quantify that as a failure. That's, again, a massive problem with love and self-love, is that we quantify things incorrectly. We think that, oh, I failed, and therefore we hate ourselves, and we think we've done wrong. And actually, it's just perspective. That's that's us doing that. We're being a victim. We have Mm -hmm. to slowly learn how to go, no, yes, I may be in a situation that feels worse in some ways, but actually it was better than what I was in. It's taken me out of that situation. And take time to celebrate that. Um, I had a conversation yesterday with someone about that actually, how we go for goal, 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 constantly just doing goals, setting ourselves achievements, succeeding in them or achieving them, and then moving on to the next one. There's no time spent going, well done me. That's awesome. Because we should, we should. it's not pride. It's, it's, we've just spent years trying to achieve something, for example as an example, you know, and we have a night of celebration going, yeah, I did it. And then we move on. It's like, that's so unequal in its proportions mm-hmm. of hard work to celebration and showing ourselves that we love ourselves and going, yeah, well done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's something in psychology called the hero's journey and I haven't looked into it, but I just heard about it recently. Um, It's something about a process that everyone can go through, and it's healthy to go through. Uh, And so I just know very rudimentary how how it goes. Um, You you descend into the depths, which is you know some difficult situation, uh, something painful, and then down there you overcome something. Uh, I just have to think of Luke Skywalker right now. Yeah, it's
0: a classic. Yeah,
1: so. Uh, yeah so this is a topic often used in in stories that become very famous probably because a lot of people can relate to it and so once you've overcome that weakness um, you're stronger you come back out of the depths and then you're among your own again and so now you're a hero maybe in your own mind maybe in someone else's mind you know not necessarily to brag And now it's up to you to decide what to do with that. Like you said earlier, will you brag or will you just be humble about it and prepare to offer other people advice who want to or have to undergo a similar process?
0: Yeah. I think of other ways that we can help ourselves um, to get to that point where we, yeah, like love ourselves. Because I asked you the question earlier, and it was a good answer in a sense that. Um, you again see things black and white, and then you go through that process of trying to figure out. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll to...
1: tell you. I'll tell you yeah, um, a, a concrete thing that I did in the last few days to help myself get out of black and white thinking. Um, because I'm not in therapy; I, I used to be, but I, I got sick of it. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Ditto. Yeah, I mean, I at relate. a certain at a certain point, it's it's good to have external yes. help. Without question, but but by now I'm I'm able to You've find things. In. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I
1: I'm good enough to find methods myself um, that will help me. And one thing that I did recently uh, to help myself get out of black and white thinking is, okay, I've come to a point where I can realize, recognize that I have black and white thinking. Let's say again about the the confidence thing, and I know some reasons for it. It might be childhood. Protective mechanisms. Um, so now I believe that every type of confidence is bad, and whenever my brain goes in the direction of, but what if confidence is good? Like, it's like an electric shock. I, yeah. I have to distance myself from it again because that's just ooh, bad death. I don't know something non yeah. non really. So, uh, what's the opposite of black and white? Well, un- indiscernible gray. Un- unknowable until you've tried it yourself, um, but but because I'm a very you know theoretical mental person and and I don't always learn best by just experiencing and just doing it. I I respect some people work better that way, but I first need to build a mental construct to to guide myself to the action. Um, I built this construct like deliberately. Um, while I was in the shower. Uh, it, it helps me calm down somehow. Um, yeah. um, so this is what I did. Um, let's assume that there is good confidence or that there is a good form of, of uh, self-worth and self-respect that doesn't necessarily lead to something bad. Let's just assume, just like you do with uh, mathematical proofs. You, you assume that something exists and then you show that the assumption I is correct. Yeah. Or you show that the assumption leads to a contradiction. And then you know that the assumption was wrong. But I just started with an assumption, which, is, which was not a signal that caused my brain to say, you're going to die. Um, and then I let that simmer. You know, I didn't do an actual pr- logical proof in my mind. Yeah. It, it's actually mm, not useful for me to do it so yeah. explicitly. I just-
0: of, it bit bake for a while, you know, it's like a little cake. Mm-hmm. To, you know,
1: Which means I, I trust my self-conscious to fill in the gaps and to, to finish the proof, yeah, and trust. basically. Yep. And and so I let, it, I let it sit. I do something else because I don't want to think about it explicitly. Uh, I might sleep. That's also a huge help for the subconscious to work. And then afterwards, I realize that, oh, it's actually possible for confidence to not be dangerous. Yeah. And now I'm going to go out into the world and try it now that I know that it's not necessarily a bad thing yeah that that was and my that, process and it's,
0: no, that's it's process. liberating <laughs> yeah it is again it's it's freeing, it's liberating and it and the next stage of the process will be that actually some people won't understand the confidence and the um like the changes. But then some will. Again, you're going to have different reactions to this yeah. scenario. But what you like, what's part of it is that you've now got to a point where this is what feels okay to do as part of who you are as a person. And again, it's going for that process time and time again until it becomes um, established, I guess. Because my always thing is that you know, I, I think I was always a reasonably confident person. I think I I was. Um, you know, I used to go out dancing all the time. Didn't care how, like you know, go to club and just. It, it took ages to build up that process as mm-hmm. a teenager, but I got there pretty fast um, in terms of projecting a, an aura of confidence. But inside, actually being very insecure still, still mm-hmm. very many fears, many, many mm-hmm. worries. Um, and then health stuff, uh, lost a lot of like the material things of life, um, lost the ability to help people the way I, I used to. If that Mm -hmm. makes any sense, so a lot of my um, self worth was based on the ability to go and um, do things for others, and then once that was taken away from me, um, it was a loss of you know, I lost confidence, I lost personality, lost my identity in a way, but then rebuilt it when I realised over again, a process of months and years, that people still liked me, even (laughs) though I wasn't helping them with things. It was so foreign to my individual uh, programming over again, over life that actually I was just me being me was enough like just being in someone's company for half an hour an hour excuse me an hour chatting away was actually a positive experience for me and them they, I didn't need to go and drive them three hours somewhere else to get them to somewhere or help them move or um, give them money for bus or food or whatever these things and it was just like, maybe I am good. Maybe I am a nice person. Maybe just me being me is, and people had actually tried to tell me that. People had actually tried to like, I have friends from uni that were like, we talk about religion and blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, but you're a good person anyway. You don't need that extra. And yes and no, I still have different qualms about it. Those things helped shape me, the moral standing of some of the religious upbringing. Um, even though, you know, I reject other parts of it. Um, but even with those swept away, yeah, I, I can people still again love me. And therefore, I'm like, wow, that's cool. And then I just, yeah, I started to learn to love myself. I was like, um, it, like you say, it's liberating, freeing to have that confidence that, hey, I'm good. I don't need any more than what I am already. But as I do more, then that's good too. Um, in terms of self-development, self-awareness. And I try to tell people that all the time. I try to be like, look, you are a beautiful person as you are. Whatever goals you have, whatever things you want to achieve, excellent, that's phenomenal. But you, as you right now, are incredibly incredible and beautiful and do so much good in the world just by simply being you. And we don't get told that enough. Like We're always constantly told to develop and do stuff. And it's like, no, no. I mean, sure, go do that if you want to, but you've, we've missed a step. We've missed a step in the, in the process. Um, We're actually just, again, most of us aren't gonna go murder or, fee- or, or steal something or like punch someone in the face for no reason. It's it, like most of us are good, loving people. And for some reason, that's not enough <laughs> in, for society. And so we have to go back to the, board, the drawing board and go, actually it's enough for me. It's enough for me as a person, as an individual to have that. Um, and I think that's hard for people and that's very difficult to get to that stage for people.
1: You've, you've helped me, you know, several times um, realize that I'm judging myself using external factors um, like success, whatever way I define success for myself like with money, influence. Um, it's
0: okay to do all that, but again, it's, yeah. it's, it's okay to do those things, but mm-hmm. it's the root of inside you. What is the root?
1: Yeah. What, what's the motivation to, to yeah. pursue that goal? Do, do you make your worth self-worth dependent on that or is it voluntary? Yeah. And, and often we don't realize, uh, what is driving us in that direction? Uh, but maybe that's the only way for it to ever be a problem, anyway. <laughs> and so it's natural for these things to be hidden until we take the time or you know receive the pain to make us aware. Uh, when when I was a PhD student, I I didn't realize how much I was comparing myself to others and adopting the value measure that others were using, which is how much have you published, where have you published, how much are you being cited. And maybe uh, how big are the grants that you're getting and stuff like that. And it's stupid you know, for someone outside of, of academia. Yeah. They'll say, what? That's stupid. That's that's childish. Yeah. Who, who even cares about how much you've written? Uh, yeah. But when you're in it, it's not. <laughs> it's your whole world. And so I'm really happy to see this um, this one initiative online by. um I don't remember their names, but it's, it's called something like you're enough. As, and it's yeah. particularly for PhD students because apparently it's a very common problem <laughs> that I was going through. Yeah. Um, but now that I'm outside of academia, I, I can see that it's actually just a, a, a small part. Academia is a part of, economy, of the economy at large, and they have their own way of, of seeing success. But in the end, it, it comes down to who, how much can you help other people make money or or solve some other practical problem. Yes, yeah.
0: I think we all have, like again, the way I visualize it sometimes is that, you know, that whole force field type mentality, where we all have spheres around us. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have enough self-worth and self-esteem, and if we don't have enough and self-love, we go into other people's spheres and we, adopt, we, we get influenced by that. So that you go into academia, Um, or into politics or whatever. And you can start off as reasonably naive or excited by this situation because you haven't got that force field around you. You go in there and you start adopting their values. Mm. Their values affect you and influence you. And most systems, again, business, politics, whatever, most of it it's very toxic. Again, most of the systems we have, yeah, self-serving, you'll be working hard for someone else's benefit. Like in terms of money, like again, you'll be, um, you'll get, you're getting your, you'll get, you're getting a reward again, whether it's the PhD itself or money grants or whatever. But ultimately, you are working to make someone that's probably already rich richer. Hmm. Like that's most of the systems that we live in. And so it's realizing, I think, first of all, we have to get our own level of confidence in, in our own sphere so that those external values don't affect us. We can go into them, you know, you can go do a PhD or you can go into working. Banks or working politics, whatever, and have enough of a force field of self love and self esteem and self awareness and self respect, those values don't change or influence you. And I think that maybe is what, to me, again, everyone has probably different definitions, but self love is. It's being grounded enough in yourself that you know your values, you know your motivations, uh, you're flexible, but mm-hmm. also you have a force field. And that's to me, that's. Uh kind of how I've tried to be the last few years it's worked I'm so happy like I've never been this consistently happy in my life And I don't have anything mm-hmm. like like I mean I, I, I do I have I you know I have I I feel privileged to have food hot water and a roof over my head like I have those things and I'm so grateful for those and I want to have more I want to work towards more but I don't need to have those things I'm very lucky and I try not to take it for granted that I live in a a country where with my health stuff, I've been given benefits to survive. You know, Mm -hmm. I get money from the taxes and stuff that allow me to, to live. Um, Yeah. Sometimes I don't, I wish I could go do more extreme things to feel alive, but I've realized and become very comfortable in the knowledge that all I need is those things I talked about. And some connections with people. People are what matter. People are um, what we should be kind of, what brings happiness maybe. You know, there's many things that can bring happiness, but having those connections, I think with the isolation of COVID and all those kind of things, a lot of people have realized that um, when you don't have those connections, it leads to happiness.
1: Yeah, you start to miss it because you didn't, Well, now you realize how valuable it was yeah i I sometimes see myself as um, just getting rid of problems and and where did those come from? Well, <laughs> I don't want to get too deep into it, but you know nature and nurture i i think yeah. I think people are born, I don't know if it's genetic or it's like I'm a container full of problems, and yeah, and maybe maybe God is looking, is watching and to see. How, uh, what will it take for him to get rid of this problem or to, uh, to take the time Perfect, and effort to work yeah. on it? And then with time, I become more and more empty. And, and it's, so, uh, it's so fun to do that. Like you said, we, we don't need external stuff to be happy. They, you know, they can make us happy temporarily, but not yeah. essentially. And they can so-
0: bring comfort and security But yeah, as you say, not happiness.
1: So I'm starting to understand how these these gurus in India can be. Homeless and just have nothing and and feel like they've actually achieved a lot. Um, But I don't think at least right now, I don't think that it's necessary to get get rid of everything. attachment is something i think they talk about a lot um it's it's not good to be dependent on the stuff in your life uh or you know other things like like the feeling of success um and once you are able to to be yourself independently of it then it doesn't matter it's like what we talked about earlier that um the attachment is voluntary it's no longer to fill some unhealthy need that you seem to have
0: yeah i think a lot of people go through a process of let's say they're young they are successful in business or whatever gain a lot of money and then haven't gone through a process of determining their value system and so for their value system is based around that money that success and then it perpetuates and that's again just how they um, gain happiness for themselves in their perceived happiness I guess and it only they learn the lessons that I think we're learning in a different way because again they will potentially later on in life get ill or lose that money or whatever or end up alone you know you hear that that story so often that people just they they lose their friends and whatever else and uh, become lonely over time and it's not until they're like 50-60, like again, they they enjoy and they party, and they have a good life, but then they realize that actually it's empty. Um, it's it's helped because again, having that security, having that comfort, but they lack something. They lack something very important. Again, that's what we've been talking about today. Um, that process of realizing what is um happiness and lots of self-love. Um that I think that. I think a lot of people like us and other people I know are going through that process before they become successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that when they do become successful, the, what they have will, will have more value in helping other people. They'll be able to use that to benefit rather than just using it for stuff and then learning the lessons. Learn the lessons now so that you can actually then benefit a wider range of people um that's my own personal belief again that's just random Stephen stuff <laughs> um, because um. I think whether it's God or the universe whatever you want to call it whatever chaos system we believe in I do think there's purpose I do believe I have too many coincidences again too many coincidences to sound cliche to think that what we go through it does have value to us or we can give it value if nothing else and therefore through self-fulfilling prophecy if I like I kind of mentioned it earlier I guess the whole fake it till you make it is such an important aspect actually of self-love because you have to tell yourself over time that you love yourself even if you don't believe it fully and eventually you do start realizing it you go through a process of being like oh like I, I did that well and I, oh, I love that I did that and I love me that I did that And then deep down the little voice will go, oh, you know, you're not worth it or you're not valuable enough or you're, you know, you're rubbish or um, whatever. And then the more you start to say those things and think those things that I love myself or done well in this thing, I think over months and years, it becomes the louder voice. Um, And then you do actually then suddenly go, actually, you know what? Yeah, I do fully love myself for these, all these different con things. It's not just a, um and I always rejected that for a long time I rejected the whole fake until you make it because it feels like a lie it feels like a Mm non-truth um but I think it then can become a truth um that's very beneficial
1: I've always been afraid of that method because it seems like um manipulating myself into believing something and so I don't do it so explicitly I don't like say things to myself vocally but i just i just create room for it i allow it to be in my head and let my subconscious decide for itself over time what it wants to believe because forcing the belief will not make it a a true belief
0: interesting um forcing the belief
1: or (laughs) i think what you were describing is not forcing it but just yeah. um but just maybe you you need to repeat it because you yeah. you push it away but it actually has value like exercise
0: i guess like like exercise mm-hmm. like you have to exercise the thought process and again i don't I think I've ever. i mean again everyone does things differently i don't think i've ever done it vocally to myself but it's when you're with people i think i do it so if i'm around people i will be like uh somebody will be like oh like well done. That was awesome. And I'm like, yeah, I'm awesome. And like <laughs> in a po- in a positive affirmation, yeah. um, and making sure you tell people other people that as well. Like again, make sure they know, and are told. Mm-hmm. Because again, if more people tell you something, the more actually likely you are to believe it. Yeah. So,
1: and I like the word exercise because that's how uh, a lot of our brain works. It something like a message a signal needs to be repeated over and over for the neural pathways to adapt to that and then it will become true neurologically not just mentally yeah
0: yeah there's a lot we can do there's a lot we can do yeah over time again it's small processes it's and i think again i think again god the universe uh turtle with elephants on top whatever it is from this world whatever the, pro- whatever the uh, mechanic that it happens, I think life puts us in scenarios that helps us um, gain opportunities for this insight and to, ex- to exercise this insight um, when we're ready and before we are ready to be fair because we're never really ready. We just have to go through that painful process to be fair. Um, it's how it seems to be. It's how I've, I've perceived it to be at least.
1: Right. Yeah, th- this, this new perspective also helps me to be more thankful for the problems and weaknesses that I start out with, because without them, I wouldn't necessarily have the motivation to work on myself. But like we said in, in the beginning, at, at least that one time, it, it's usually by force yeah. um, You know, to, to choose the, the lesser of two pain sources, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, hopefully... You gain enough momentum and, and realize the power you have to work on yourself and it's very rewarding it, uh, it, it takes patience but I hate
0: that word but yeah
1: but i know I, I no longer feel so so pressured by time or, or time wise to oh no i should have been this i should have achieved this by this age um, yep. maybe not
0: yeah Mum always said, like to me, she's like, just be gentle on yourself. You're always <laughs> so like harsh on yourself. Just be gentle with yourself. And if so I try to again, I've learned to be that way, like you say, with like trying to achieve things at certain times or whatever, just knowing that uh, trusting the process, as they say, trust the process. Mm-hmm. That like you said just then without gratitude, is actually it's a massive part of it, is um being Weirdly thankful for pain. I know that sounds weird, but like it has its purpose. Yeah, It has its purpose. And also going, we've talked about it before, the grief process, like when, when things, when we lose things or when things change that are difficult, we must learn how to process it. Yeah. Otherwise it becomes a barrier and a hurdle um, that we can't get over. Once we learn how to get through grief and loss um, and change, it becomes easier and like you say, light, it lightens us, it makes us freer. Um, yesterday, we remember when I talked talking to this friend, we talked about the term like bulletproof, like you just feel like you can kind of take on the world um, because you know you don't need to. Again, that's, that's the difference is that you you, know, you don't have to, but you want to and feel it's okay to just be yourself, be who you are, and no one else's opinions or judgments will influence that unless you want it to.
1: You know how old people become more stagnant, take less risk yeah, uh, and will not be as willing to work on themselves anymore. I, I don't understand why, uh, but I, I want to prevent myself from becoming that. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm convinced that there's always more you can work on, so <laughs> there's no excuse to stop yeah. working on yourself. Um, one of my examples in, in that area is Bob Proctor. He's a he's a coach he's maybe eight years old now and is still very energetic and i think yeah. that he had to work on that
0: um, oh yeah again it's
1: for example he's he he wants to learn to write with his left hand now It's something nice. he started working on recently i that at <laughs>
0: high school like i did it for like a few weeks and then got bored i was like once <laughs> i break my right arm like, I'm not gonna be able to write, so I start trying to learn how to look like l- right with my left arm. Yeah, I don't I think, think that's it, it, his reason for it. No, no, it's not, I guess, motivation. But, like, like you say, you could, there's always things you can do, there's always something that you can do that will um, help you be more adaptable. Because that's probably why he's doing it. He probably just feels like it's, it's value, getting whatever, it doesn't matter ultimately, the reasons behind it for him. But at that age, to still be doing that is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's good to always um, have people around you or in our age, follow people online <laughs> who, mm-hmm. um, who have achieved something that, that you still want to achieve so that you never get lazy and you always see that there is room for progress. Yeah, well, thank you for this. Um, I wasn't thank sure you. in which direction it would go, but it's, it's important to be aware of ourselves and the things we tell ourselves and, and our value. We might need signals from outside in the beginning, but it's good to become more and more independent of that and to be aware of of our identity and our value, uh, just independent of achievements. Just love yourself, people.
0: (laughs) Yes, definitely. Agreed.